So the Bible reading is taken from Hebrews 4, and it's from 4 to 11. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we have believed into that rest, just as God had said. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For some way he has spoken about the seventh day in those words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again in his passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set in certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would have not spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Busy tired, anxious, busy, tired, anxious, busy, tired, anxious. There seems to be this weekly routine of our modern life in Sydney, isn't it? And so we are currently in a sermon series on the Ten Commandments, which are rules for true freedom in God. And the commandment that we're going to learn about today is probably the one that will really engage you, perhaps the one that might make you lean forward in your seat in great interest, which is the fourth commandment, the commandment to rest from work and busyness. Overwork and busyness in our high-pressure world today is killing our relationships. It's harming our mental health, Really, it's killing our health and our lives. And as I've mentioned before, it's the one thing that perhaps is really killing the church's vitality and its ability to run its ministries. We all know that this is a real challenge and problem for us today. But you might be thinking here, well, how does the Christian faith make any impact on my busyness? How does Jesus make a difference to my busyness, because you might have already come across some good resources on how to be more productive, perhaps how to manage your time better. I mean, there's currently some great research and resources about the importance of sleep. And plus, we already have the weekend, don't we? Isn't it just a matter of just getting more organized and actually having a weekend? I mean, you might be here thinking, why do I actually need to give up my weekend to come to church to hear about rest when I could just simply be enjoying my Sunday. 
I can understand if that's perhaps what you might be thinking, but I would love to have the opportunity to try to convince to you that the key to being able to rest at a much deeper level is actually not better time management and better boundaries. I want to propose that the key to true and deep rest is found in Jesus freeing you from the drivenness that makes busyness a burden. So that's the big idea for today. I want to try to convince you today that deep rest is found in Jesus freeing you from the drivenness that makes busyness a burden. And so I want to try to encourage you and convince you that it actually requires having faith in Jesus as your saviour to truly rest, not just simply having a better calendar. And so we'll start by looking at God's purpose for Sabbath rest in the fourth commandment. So we read this. The fourth commandment says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Sabbath in Hebrew means to stop or to seize. And so on the seventh day, God instructs the people of Israel to stop and cease from their work. And they're told to keep this day holy. It's just another word that means to mark as special or to make as distinct. And to make this seventh day holy, special, distinct is achieved by not doing any work. And so the people of Israel were instructed by God to keep this weekly pattern of, you could say, holy stopping a very unique and distinct day to stop from the work. But what is really interesting that God instructs not just the people of Israel to live in this pattern of holy stopping, but for all people and also the work animals, their servants, their work animals, even the foreigners living in the Jewish territory, the non-Jewish people were also to take a holy day of rest. So we read on in the rest of the commandment. It says, On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox or your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. So this tells us that the goal of all mankind and all of creation is not economic production. That's not what we're designed for. That's not our purpose and goal in life. God did not design us to be primarily economic and commercial beings. We're not a human widget in the economic world. The earth and its creatures are not primarily economic resources. Our world and ourselves are not just economic resources. All of us is to be more than just a cycle of producing and consuming. The seventh day being the last day symbolically points out that that's the goal. That's the end. That's the, you could say, telos of life. And the telos and goal of life is to enjoy being in relationship with God and his people in his creation And there's no work agenda. God just wants to be in a relationship with us and he has no work agenda for us. And so by breaking work with this cycle of rest, 
it regularly invited the people of Israel to look beyond their economic concerns and see life more broadly as lived under God and onto God. The Sabbath rest allowed Israel to see the bigger picture of life, not consumed by economic concerns or commercial performance. Yes, God did create work, and he desires us to find satisfying work and be satisfied in cultivating his world through our work, but the Sabbath shows us that we are also not designed to live for job satisfaction alone. We created more than just job satisfaction. We're created to live with a satisfying relationship with God. And so we are to only live for job satisfaction. If that's the only thing that we live for, then the Bible is saying we actually are living a subhuman life. And many people feel and sense this. We've had many people come to Chapel Hill with very successful careers with a sense that their lives is not complete. We have many people come to feel there needs to be something more than just their work. We've had many people come looking for a bigger picture. And that bigger picture of life is a relationship with God. So this is the creation reason for Sabbath rest. Taking a weekly rest is kind of like a circuit breaker that helps us to be refreshed, to see that we are created not just for work, although work is a good thing, but we're also created to be in a relationship with God. God desires to spend time with us where there is no work agenda, just to be with us, relate with us, spend unhurried time with us because he loves us. But the fourth commandment also gives us another reason to have a day of rest. So we read on further in verse 15. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The second reason the people of Israel were commanded to observe the Sabbath day was to remember that God had rescued them from slavery. So by taking a day off, it was a very explicit and tangible reminder that they are not slaves anymore because slaves back then did not have a day off. And so the people of Israel now can have the freedom to actually take a day off because they are now free people by God's rescue and salvation. And so this is the salvation reason for the Sabbath day. By having a holy special day when they stop working, They were remembering that they have the freedom to do so because God graciously saved and rescued them. So the Sabbath day was also to remember, to celebrate what God had done for them, to free them from slavery. And so Sabbath rest is really a declaration of freedom. Taking a day off for the people of Israel was an act of liberation It's proudly saying, look, I'm taking a day off because I am no longer a slave. That is not who I am anymore. I am free. And you might be thinking, well, we may not live in a society with a tyrannical Egyptian pharaoh. You know, we've got our own democratic government. But Madeline Bunting, a modern-day author, very interestingly calls her book on overwork willing slaves. And this is a very good description when we lose sight of the bigger picture of God. 
When we don't acknowledge God in our lives, we can become very willing to be enslaved to our work, to let our work rule us. And I must acknowledge there are situations where your work does require for you to work more hours just to get that job done. There are sometimes unavoidable external pressures. But there are also internal desires that drive us to become willing slaves to our work and busyness. Internal desires that can enslave you to always say yes, to always overcommit, always just finding it hard to stop and rest. And there are four common internal desires that I think drive us to become willing slaves. And there's four of them. Proving yourself, people-pleasing, possession, and perfectionism. So the first is proving yourself. We can overwork because we can be caught up with just trying to prove ourselves through our work activity and achievements. And a common symptom of trying to prove yourself is having to always to compare yourself. Always needing to outdo your colleague. Author Tom Peters in his book Search for Action says, the attempt to justify our existence and prove our acceptability through achievement and activity leads to an unending cycle of grief. Unending because no achievement or amount of activity can fully satisfy our need for acceptance. We may be wanting to get off the bullet train of Western society, but the reality is that we're afraid of being a nobody. That's such a hard-hitting truth, isn't it? We're just afraid of being a nobody. And so we enslave ourselves to work, activity, achievement, because we're just so afraid to be a nobody. The second is people-pleasing. We're so willing to enslave ourselves to work and business because we fear people's disapproval. Our work can be hard work, but it can feel even more burdensome by the tyranny of other people's expectation for us, isn't it? The biggest symptom of people-pleasing is just being overcommitted, doing more than what we are capable of. Again, the undying desire to crave for approval and that fear of rejection. The third is possessions. We could be enslaved to stay back and be busy because we want more stuff to give us our sense of status or security. A common symptom is to see that time is money. Time is no longer a gift from God, but time is a commodity that we can trade in for money. And so we can be stressed and anxious at the opportunity cost of not using our time in order to earn some extra cash. And the fourth is perfectionism. We might find it hard to clock off because of this unrelenting and crushing pursuit for perfection. The symptom of not being able to accept that we are finite and we can't do everything 100% is because we want to look good and be good. And so we're so fearful of people knowing that we're just weak and flawed. And so we become perfectionists and perfectionism makes you very busy. These four underlying desires, proving yourself, people-pleasing, possessions, perfectionism, you can say that that's the real work beneath your work, isn't it? These are desires that you are really working towards 
through your work as a nurse or accountant or a designer. It's these driving desires that make your busyness more burdensome. And what is common with all four of these desires is this desire to justify yourself, to justify yourself as being worthy, accepted, significant and good. And we find that justification by the work we do. Now, can you see why having better time management or having better boundary isn't enough? Because better time management and boundaries is not going to be able to deal with the deeper issues of self-justification. Time management and boundaries can make us less busy, but it won't deal with the drivenness of self-justification behind our busyness. It doesn't actually get to the root cause of our issues. And that's why we need Jesus to free us from our need to justify ourselves in order to truly rest. And so we read in the New Testament that Jesus is the provider of true Sabbath, the provider of true rest. And so we read in the book of Hebrews, which from the passage that we just read, that Jesus came for us so that we might enter into a rest for our heart and soul. Let me read, read some verses from that chapter. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. We can find rest for our hearts and soul because Jesus came to die so that our sins could be forgiven. And it's our sins, our failures, those are the things that are the source of our insecurity. It's the source of our disapproval. It's the source of our spiritual poverty. It's the source of our imperfections. But when we have faith in Jesus, Jesus comes to forgive us of that sin burden. We can then be accepted by God. We can be approved by God. We can be enriched by God. And all of our imperfections can be covered by Jesus Christ's perfection. When we have faith in Jesus, forgiveness of our sins frees us from our desire to have to justify ourselves before God. We no longer need to do good works in order to earn God's approval. We no longer need to make ourselves to be perfect in order for God to love us. Because in Jesus Christ, we are justified not by our works or ourselves, we're justified by his grace. His free forgiveness so that we no longer need to prove ourselves before God. And when we have faith in Jesus, we can be free from the works of having to prove ourselves beneath the work of presenting and selling. When we have faith in Jesus, we can be free from the works of having to please people beneath the work of writing reports and business cases. When we have faith in Jesus, we can be free from the works of acquiring possessions beneath the works of operations and surgeries. When we have faith in Jesus, we can be free from the work of perfectionism beneath the work of creating and designing. When we have faith in Jesus, we can find ourselves being busy, but we can be free from the destructive drivenness of our self-justification that makes busyness a huge burden. That is the true rest that Jesus offers us.
That means true, soul-satisfying rest is found in trusting in Jesus. To trust that God approves of you in Jesus. To trust that God is pleased with you in Jesus. To trust that God is enriching you with the riches of eternity in Jesus. To trust that God sees you as good and perfect in Jesus. That is who you can be in Jesus. You simply need to trust in Jesus' death and resurrection for you. And yet, although it's such a simple thing, just to have faith in Jesus, it can be hard work, isn't it? That's why the author of Hebrews says to make every effort to enter that rest. Resting by trusting can be hard work because it means you need to depend and trust in Jesus during our work week. But when we do it, we will free us from finding the need to find approval in others. We can stop and seize that foolish quest to earn our own righteousness Only when we cease from our labors and rest our souls in Christ can we find true health, strength, vitality, and freedom. Only when you let Jesus deal with your desires of justification can you actually have the spiritual power to be free to manage your calendars better, to be free to set those better boundaries But without faith in Jesus, managing your calendars will be somewhat futile because your soul will always be going to be restless without Jesus. So come to Jesus before you sort out your calendars. Come to Jesus. Then and only then can you build a pattern of weekly rest. Then and only then will you actually be able to enjoy your weekends. And so I won't end with tips on how to be more productive with your calendars, but I will end with one principle to make the most of what God intended for you for the day of rest. And that is to treat the Sabbath day as a day of climax, not collapse. When God created the world, he rested from his work, and that was the climax of his creation. To be in relationship with his people with no work agenda to simply enjoy being present with his people. So I want you to picture this. When God exhaled from working hard to create the world, when he exhaled, when he breathed out, after creating the world, that followed God inhaling enjoyment, satisfaction, joyful rest with his creation and with us, the pinnacle of his creation. That is the goal and pinnacle with our relationship with God. Can you picture that? When God exhaled in working hard, he inhaled enjoyment and satisfaction. And God wants us to remember that and to experience that on a weekly basis until Jesus returns. So to make our Sabbath day a day of climax, not collapse, then we do need to plan ahead. It does mean to get to bed in a certain time, to do those chores a bit earlier, to even negotiate our work with our employees, and maybe, and just maybe, it may require to even change jobs. And this can also apply to how we treat 
our experience on church on Sundays. Is Sunday church a day of climax or collapse? Is Sunday a heart-filled celebratory day of worship or weariness? To make the most of spending time with God together on Sunday, we do need to plan ahead so that we can have the physical, mental energy to listen well on Sundays, to actually be present with God and with one another. And I do know that Sundays can be hard for people. I know that Sundays can be a real battle. And just rocking up is an achievement. And I do want to say, well done. Well done. We're so glad that you could be with us. Well done. But let's not be satisfied that that is to be the norm. Because Sunday is to be a day that we can attend for our souls, that we can be with God and God wants to be with us. So let's help and encourage one another to make Sundays a climax of our week and not a collapse. But if you're here today and you're just feeling weary, tired, beaten down, downtrodden, because you've been feeling rejected, feeling worthless, you feel like you're not good enough, Jesus has something to say to you, and he says this in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus says this to you, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you're weary, if you're burdened, come to Jesus and you will find rest for your souls. If you're tired, if you're just tired of having to prove yourself, if you're tired of having to perform, if you're tired of having to try to stand out, if you're tired of having to meet these people's expectations, come to Jesus and you can be free free to finally rest. Your soul can exhale and you can inhale God's love, God's forgiveness, God's mercy, God's grace. See, being a Christian is not being burdened by moral rules. Being a Christian is to be free to rest our souls in Jesus Christ to be eternally loved and approved, pleased by our Heavenly Father and made perfect day by day until Jesus returns. If that's you, exhale today and inhale his grace. If that's what you want to do, I encourage you to do that today, to come to Jesus so I want to encourage you, if that's you today, then maybe talk to someone next to you. But I'm just going to give you a moment of silence. I'm going to ask the musos just to play some music. And I just want everyone to leave today with their burdens handed over to Jesus so that when we sing our next song, we're going to be floating. <laughs> 
We're going to be floating because our souls have found rest in Jesus. So if that's you, just talk to someone. You might share something that you want to ask for prayer or you might just sit there and just exhale in prayer and inhale the rest that we can find in Jesus. So I'm going to give you a minute just to rest. Heavenly Father, today we stop. We stop from having to prove ourselves. We stop from having to please others. We stop having to chase possessions. And we stop from our own perfectionism, Lord, because in Jesus we are free. We are free in God's forgiveness. We are free in his mercy and we are free in his grace. And so help us to be a people that can stop and enjoy you in the busyness of our lives. Help us by our resting, show to the world the freedom that Jesus offers. Father, help us to find rest this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.